Hello and welcome to the 5W Football Podcast, where we discuss the who, the what, the where, the when, and the why of the beautiful game. That was Joe Davies on the guitar for the jingle, and I'm Andrew Mishra on the mic. Coming up today, City win the Carabao, but will Chelsea say to Sarri, ciao, after Maurizio went a bit schizio. Meanwhile, the Ariza saga begins, as Keeper Kappa kicked a heck of pickle cappers. A heck of pickle cappers, Keeper Kappa kicked. If Keeper Kappa kicked a heck of pickle cappers, where the heck's the pickle cappers Keeper Kappa kicked? The sun shines here in the UK, but not for Tottenham, as they slip to a caneful defeat at Burnley. Puel gets the sack, Rodgers is back, Rashford limps in the United attack. This time there's no VAR, but Fabian Shaw with a strike from afar. And is Almiron Newcastle's lucky star? Lionel is undeniable, reliable, but do we underappreciate him because what he does is so unviable? Ramos in discipline shock horror, shall we let him be or grab him by the collar? All that and more on today's 5W Football Podcast, interspersed with an appropriate amount of trivia and questions throughout. Like in Sunday's final, we've got a few substitutions today. The first of which is Joe Davies, who makes his long-awaited return to the podcast. Thankfully, he's actually turned up today, like two weeks ago. Uh, Joe, how are you doing, my friend? I'm very well. Glad to be back. You had a nice little uh, bacon sandwich down there. I did, yeah, and a large cappuccino. Did you go for any, so- any sauce on the bacon sandwich? Just butter. All right, keep it cheap. Keep it simple. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. Barney Stevenson's here. Hello, Andrew. How are you doing, Barney? I'm very good, thank you. How are you? you? I'm good, I'm good, thank you. Always nice to be asked. Um, have you used any hair products in your hair? <laughs> um, I have, yes. I've uh, used a variation of VO5 hair products. Is that the spray? Um, no, it's like wax, I think. Right. But I'm not currently using any of that. Yeah, the thing I always struggle with was kind of the... The mixture of sweat and, and wax or a gel can be nasty in the summer it can be it's, it's yeah. painful Catherine, Catherine Batty's looking on with a, a apprehensive approach which is fair enough but uh, welcome back Catherine um, you, you. Were, you were absent last week um, how are you doing I'm all right thank you Angie you've got a big football match coming up soon haven't you yeah it's it's the game everyone's talking about yeah yeah uh, would you say that's the highlight of your day or this is the highlight of your day well I it's hard to say at this point. Um, if a game goes similar to last week, then this will definitely be the highlight of my day. We'll go with that. That's the answer <laughs> we wanted. Uh, Lewis Steele's here as ever. How are you doing, Lewis? I'm good. I've had a very, very enjoyable morning routine this morning, so I'm raring to go, Andrew. Talk us through the morning routine briefly. Briefly, uh, my alarm goes off circa 7.15. Uh, get out of bed, have a nice bowl of Rice Krispies with some green milk, um, listen to a podcast, um, and then get ready for the day ahead, do a bit of admin on the laptop, and then I'm, now I'm here. I've just had a seminar. Were well. they Kellogg's Rice Krispies? Uh, they weren't. They were Aldi Rice Krispies, so they're actually called Rice Crunchies or something along those nice. lines. Yeah. Nice. Very yeah. good. What about milk? What kind of milk are you? Uh, green. I've already said that. Green milk. Yeah. Oh, did you? Sorry. Yeah. I just wasn't aware of that. It's that semi-skimmed, isn't it? It is, yeah. I, I'm not, not really a fan of either. The, the other. Extreme, yeah. The other colours yeah, of yeah. milk. Brilliant. Um, we've had a very sunny few days here in Sheffield and in the UK in general. On Saturday, uh, myself, Lewis and Catherine went to the Women's Cup final, which was a very enjoyable adventure. We were in the press box. You may have seen some footage on Twitter of us pretending we know what we're talking about. Um, it was a good game, but it was long. It was a long afternoon, wasn't it, Catherine? It was, yeah. Um not much to talk about during the game unfortunately <laughs> trying to keep ourselves amused um two very good teams that just didn't didn't seem to want to take many risks yeah and we didn't get to see that much of um the arsenal striker who you were very much fangirling over and yeah i was quite disappointed about that and then she came on and just didn't look didn't look fit 
so it made me look a bit stupid saying how good she was beforehand. Yeah, Lewis, what do you make of the old uh, Women's Cup final? Uh, very interesting game, actually. It was a good nil-nil. I thought City probably had the better of the chances in the mm. 90 minutes. I was very impressed with a couple of their players. Uh, Nikita Paris was very good. Um, yeah. And the penalties was very exciting. A very good watch. And it was her dad that seemed to be very... Um, was it her dad that... Well, was we've not had it confirmed. No, we, think we, it was we strongly dad. suspect yeah. that um, Nikita Paris's father was... Probably the most enthusiastic fan on show yeah. amongst the 2,424 strong crowd inside Bramall Lane. Uh, Barney, have you ever been to a women's football match out of interest? Um, not at professional level, right. no. My little sister played junior level, well, girls football. Right. So I went to quite a few of her games, but uh, yeah. no, never never a professional game. How did her ability level compare to yours? It's quite similar, actually. Um, she's pretty good. <laughs> better than you? Um, no. 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 Which team, did, which team did she play for? Um, she played for Hessel Sporting. Oh, Hessel. Mm. Yeah, all, one of your yeah, local teams. Yeah. yeah. Did you ever play for them? I, I didn't actually. I did move around quite a few of the clubs in the area, but Hessel was never. Oh, I didn't play for Hessel Sporting. I played for a different Hessel. Hessel Rangers. No, it was just Hessel Town. Right. Okay. Sorry. Never mind. <laughs> That's fine. Joe, any women's football for you? <coughs> yeah, I've seen the Lionesses actually. Oh, really? In Doncaster. Nice. Can't remember who we were playing, but. Made the old trip to made the trip to Donny. I did indeed. Lovely yeah. part of the world. It is. Sure, we'd agree. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I had the misfortune of going there a couple of weeks ago. Um, it wasn't for a women's football match, though, which is a hell of a shame. Um, but interestingly, it's 100 days until the Women's World Cup starts, which I think Lewis Steele has, has pulled that one out. Um, what do you reckon, Catherine? I'm coming to you first as the authority on women's football because um, you educated me a lot mm. on Saturday. Um, I feel like I am now a self-confessed expert on women's football, but I'm going to come to you and ask you um, what are your thoughts. Who are the favourites? Well, it's hard to look past the USA. Um they have kind of dominated the international scene for a long time. Um, Germany coming back, I think, will want to prove a few people wrong after quite a disappointing Euros. And then, um, obviously, the, the, the last World Cup, they lost to England in the third place playoff. But it's interesting, Phil Neville did an interview with FIFA um, the other day, it was on their website, and I think he was asked um, how many places are up for grabs in his squad, and he said 23. I'm not sure how true that is, but um, supposedly, because uh, England obviously at the She Believes Cup right now with uh, where they'll play, I think Brazil, it might be tonight actually. Yeah, it is um, tonight, I think. Yeah, Brazil, and then they play the USA, Germany, and I think possibly France as well in that little tournament. So mm. that'll tell us a lot about uh, where teams are. Because I did see England play um, a friendly against Sweden last uh, November, and they lost 2-0, and they were actually quite disappointing. But they were missing Fran Kirby, and for me, Fran Kirby's the spark in that team. So. Mm. Well, they'll also be missing your good mate, um, Jill Scott, won't they? They will, yeah. Football, yeah, she is my friend now. Um, I'm very good terms. <laughs> Go for a Costa with her after this, <laughs> about, Yeah, probably am, yeah. It's completely lie about the football. This is all, <laughs> this is all complete. Uh, screen for your meeting later and you brought your football boots in as well haven't you, you yeah. the winning football boots I have got both winning pairs of football right. boots in my bag because one of them are studs the other anal ones are like metal studs and mm. um, the Marcus Henriksen ones are moulded obviously with the game after with the warm weather we've had I don't know how the pitch one is going to be. Yeah, I could do. Yeah. One one of them's blue and one of them's gold though so even more, so even yeah. more to the point um, what is the She Believes Cup? 
like where does it rank in terms of is it like international a, is it like competition? A real tournament? Do you know what I mean? Or is it like a war? Is it, is it war? FIFA? I don't actually. Like it's a good question act. actually. Um, I th I, there's not, as far as I know, there's not a trophy. I think they just play each team once. Like there's not like it's fine. And is it just, a just it's like a group invitation um, basis? Yeah, sort of it's thing. it's like mm. it's kind of a it's it's a England use it as like a World Cup warm up kind yeah. of thing. Um, and I think last year they narrowly lost to the USA, but they might I think they might have beaten. I can't remember if it was Brazil or France. They had a good win against someone and then now they lost to the yeah. USA, I think. But in the past, they have beaten the USA. It reminds me of um, the 1997 Tournoi de France, <laughs> which is exactly the kind of thing that Barney is into, uh, which England won, which is the, the last... We'll call last thing we won, we'll call yeah. We'll competition, <laughs> won't we? But yeah, uh, England, Brazil, France, Italy. We lost to Brazil, but we still won. I think it was just three games. Um, so the team that won the group won the tournament. If there had been any kind of implication of a final there, I'm sure we would not have won it. But um, moving on from that, there was an interesting parallel with the with the women's football final and also the Carabao Cup final in that it was another nil-nil and Man City won on penalties to win the first domestic competition of the season. Lewis, I'm sure you're very excited about that. Quick thoughts? Uh, yeah, I'm very excited about that. Um, we didn't play that good, but then again... We were playing against Chelsea, who people seem to think are very bad because we beat them 6-0, but they're actually alright. Um, and they probably were the better team on the day. Hazard, in particular, was excellent. Kante was good. But we got the W on penalties, so that was good. I just wanted to say W, because it doesn't make any sense to say that rather than win. But it's funny win. anyway. What's going yeah. I think you've got some straight Lewis. That's what's going to you. Elsewhere in the Premier League, um, we had another nil-nil in Manchester United v Liverpool. I kind of think that we've um, we've influenced this. I think people, the authorities that be, have been listening to our podcast of last week, um, and they've been influenced. Joe, any credence in that idea? Do you think? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no doubt. I think Ole Gunnar Solskjaer listened to mine. <laughs> Diamond article as well, been using that a bit. Of course, which if you haven't already read, then please do go check it out on the 5W Football website. There's an excellent variety of graphics, um, all homemade as well. Which is, yeah, organic graphics, kind of graphics we're into here. Um, that game was very interesting because Man United had a bizarre number of injuries in the first half. Uh, Juan Mata and Herrera and Jesse Lingard all went off with hamstring injuries, um, the latter of which Lingard had only been on the pitch for 10 minutes. He came on as a sub and then had to go off again after getting a substitution. Well, the thing I liked about this was um, when he was questioned about this, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has come out and been very honest in just admitting that the injuries probably are a direct consequence of um, the increased workload that he's put on his players. So they sort of asked him and said, you, you know, you came in when Mourinho was manager. They had the lowest, um, amongst the lowest in the league in terms of running stats for distance covered in sprints. And he's come in and obviously upped the intensity massively. So he's just basically said, yeah, well, we needed to change. We could have done it uh, in the summer and carried on as we were or done it now. He's obviously opted to do it now and there's been a massive upturn in results, but perhaps they're now paying the price for it and he's been quite honest about that, um, which I very much like. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has come across very well. Um, and I think I'm probably liking him a bit too much at the moment. I think hopefully they lose a few games and he starts to get involved in some touchline scraps or something and, you know, it'll... Lower the lower his reputation a little bit more. Um, Tottenham um, will literally have to go back to the drawing board. They lost uh, at the weekend to Burnley. Um, I'm very into this idea of them not drawing a game, Lewis, all season. Very into it. I really want it to happen. Uh, I, I don't want it to happen. I think it'd be very funny if they 
don't draw a game at all all season. I don't know why. Like, mm. what? Yeah, I, yeah, that's um, what I mean. I think it's sort of because they're either very good or they just bottle the whole game all together. I think that's the the idea of it. They're they either blow teams away or they just don't turn up at all. Mm. Um, I thought it was very funny to see a uh, Potch getting Mike Dean's face. Um, it was Mike Dean, wasn't it? Yeah, it yeah, was. Because yeah. um, I've never really seen him angry, and it was quite funny to see him angry. Um, but yeah, I don't know whether they can go all season without drawing a game. It's it quite a bit ludicrous. He was quite really. apologetic afterwards, wasn't he? Um, yeah, I like uh, I like Potch quite a lot. I'm mm. sure Joe Davis may disagree with me there <laughs> as an Arsenal fan, but um, do you, Joe? You disagree? <sighs> it's difficult. I don't think it's easy to hate on him as a character, but. In terms of what he's done to Tottenham, I think it's a disgrace. Yeah, I mean, if you could swap your man Emery and Pochettino, would you? No comment. <laughs> <laughs> Which in itself speaks volumes. Uh, last night, we had, we've got midweek fixtures this week, so we're, we're recording this on Wednesday morning. Uh, last night on Tuesday, Newcastle won 2-0 against Burnley, uh, which I fancy we'll see them safe now. This lad, Almiron, who's from Paraguay, has come in from Atlanta. Um, finally got Mike Ashley to dig into his pockets. They've signed up for about 20 million. I was very impressed with him from watching Match of the Day at the weekend. And I read the match report for this and apparently he was very good again. He was described as the catalyst for this display, um, which I very much like that description. He didn't score, but he seemed to be at the heart of everything good that Newcastle do. Um, it does kind of beg the question, Catherine, if, if Rafa was kind of, had been allowed maybe to sign other players, you know, what more could, could he have achieved? You know, do you reckon he could have maybe pushed them into the top half? Yeah, because I don't think um, that kind of middle area in the Premier League is actually, you know, there's, there's not a lot of quality there. When I look at Watford, um, earlier on in the season, they were, have, they were on a bit of a poor run. Now they're winning a few games. Um, I think they're seventh. You know, you look at Wolves below them, losing to Huddersfield last night, they're inconsistent. You've got the likes of Bournemouth, Leicester obviously sacking the manager around there. And a team like Newcastle with the, the you know, the, the stature of the club and, you know, the amount of fans they have um, you know they, they should really be above teams like Bournemouth and above teams like um, um, Watford and, um, and even Wolves as well um, so yeah I think if Rafa had been given more resources you know I think he's done a brilliant job with, with what he has to be fair mm. Barney Newcastle safe now do you think? Um, yeah I think Newcastle are safe I think I think Burnley and Palace are, are, are going to be safe as well I think it's between Brighton and Cardiff and Southampton for that final spot. So, have you accepted that Huddersfield are gone? Mm, just about. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> the reason I asked the question is because they, they won yesterday. Um, a lot of people were doubting that they were going to collect. Like people were saying, like, we can't see where another point's coming from. This lad, Jan Siebert's come in and it seems like really he's not expected to do much this season. It's probably one of them where if he gets a few good performances that are encouraging, it's very much like, oh, well, that'll stand in good stead for next season um, I think they're gone personally they've Do beaten Derby's points record now haven't they so it's also a bit sad I think as in you think it would have been nice for someone else I to feel a bit I, I, I feel perennially sad for that Derby side yeah just yeah. the fact that they you know it was that. a tragedy they were so like, quite funny they, they were, were pretty career, <laughs> career mode with them they were pretty gutless weren't they to be honest yeah. um, did, they have, did they have Giles Barnes yeah they had a few weird yeah but I don't know if Giles Barnes particularly featured did he well, wasn't he meant to be like the star that player was, going that in that was why they were so bad but he was meant to be like the star player going in Giles Barnes is he called Giles yeah I think so he was very young wasn't he 
Yeah, because he was good on Football Manager. I think yeah, he got injured for the full yeah. season. I always used to get him mixed up with, do you remember Ashley Giles? The, uh, yeah, the, the, left, yeah. <laughs> the left arm spinner. <laughs> Great man. Now we're a director at Warwickshire County Cricket Club. Um, so yeah, go check that out. Done quite well in the 2020 Blast last season. Anyway, um, so moving back to the Carabao Cup final, the thing we really wanted to talk about and we can't really avoid talking about after the weekend was the whole Kepa Aritha Balaga uh, incident which was pretty astonishing really I think Twitter nearly broke um, when this happened he basically refused to come off well at least that's the headline um, initially I think we thought that Kepa was injured because he, he'd gone down so then people thought they were trying to bring Caballero on as a result some people have now suggested that they were going to do it tactically anyway bring Caballero on given that he won the League Cup final for City in a penalty shootout I think it was three seasons back However, um, Kepa basically waved pretty vociferously um, towards the touchline saying that he wasn't coming off. Uh, people have generally said this is out of order. Joe, what, what do you think about this? Do you go along with that notion that it's... Kepa? Yeah. Uh, no, not to be honest. He's, what, 20 years old, first cup final he's ever been in. I think he honestly thought that Sari thought he was injured and told him otherwise. Yeah, see, I kind of agree. Um, which is kind of at odds with a lot of the stuff that's been going around in the media. My stance on this is that um, the board never actually goes up. So I think if the board goes up and it says his number is on that board and it's Caballero's coming on, he's on the touchline, and he then... Somehow, well, I don't think he can refuse to come off at that point. I think it then becomes pretty impossible. But if that, then it's like a massive issue if he then you know declines. Then. But my point is, why doesn't Sarri just then say to the fourth official, because the fourth official comes and asks him, or I think even the referee goes to ask him, yeah. why doesn't he then just say, yeah, he, he's coming off, and then his number goes up, and then Kepa, he's got to come off then, hasn't he? That's what I think about it. What do you think, Barney? I think, the, yeah, cause the, who was the ref on Sunday? It was there. John Moss. Was, yeah. yeah, I was getting very annoyed with him watching the game. <laughs> John Moss went over to speak to Sari, didn't he? And I think basically told him that if he wanted to go ahead with the substitution and if Kepa still refused to come off, then Kepa would get sent off for bringing the game into disrepute, I think is probably what was said there. And I think that's um, quite a key part of it because I think at that point, um, Sarri didn't back himself in terms of being able to force Kepa off. So I think that shows quite a lot really about the Chelsea Jets dressing room and maybe Sarri's lack of control over it. But I I agree with Joe. I, I think that uh, Kepper was actually actively trying to go against Sarri. Mm. I think he was just, just waving away. I, I also Joe. kind of think it, it says a lot about his own strength of character to kind of be like no I'm not coming off like the easy thing in some ways would be yeah I'll, I'll go off now I've kept a clean sheet I've, I've done my part in this leave it to someone else but he's actually said no I'm staying on the pitch I want to you know I want to save penalties in this penalty shootout that's coming up right now and I want to win the you know the league cup for my team I do think there's something in that to kind of praise his own strength of character in terms of his future uh, Catherine is a goalkeeper well goalkeeper number one in this in this room um, <laughs> What do you what do you think about this? Would you what would you have done? I agree with you in a sense of I think it's it, it, I th it's it's a good thing that he wanted to stay on the pitch in the first place. I think as a goalkeeper, if the problem was was the confusion of 
did Sarri, was Sarri bringing him off because he thought he was injured or was he doing it tactically? Because if I'd been on the pitch as a goalkeeper then and my manager said, actually, I'm bringing someone else on to save the penalties because I think they're a bit better, I'd be annoyed as well. And I think it's the way he said he was staying on the pitch made it look worse because everyone said it looked like he was having a strop. Mm. But actually, I think, I might be the only person that thinks this, but I think Sarri made it worse with his... Um, almost Mourinho-style antics when he walked down the tunnel and I thought, what are you doing? You're the manager of this team. And then it's almost as if he got so far and thought thought about his pay packet and, you know, those like, if I keep going here, I'm not getting anything and then came back. And I just don't... I know there's a lot said about the Chelsea dressing room and about big personalities, but I just... I think Sarri kind of showed in that moment there a lack of relationship with his players and it ultimately it's up to him to, to make that. And... I respect Kepa for wanting to stay on. Maybe he could have done it in a better way. But mm. Yeah, I, it was bizarre when he was trying to go go off. I felt sorry for the security guard and the door who kind of opened it. <laughs> and then he sort of like was like, no, I can't actually do this. I can't leave the pitch. Um, I think on the commentary as well, on Sky Sports, um, I can't remember who it was. It might have been Martin Tyler actually said um, um, he's walking, walking he's walking off the pitch and he's walking, walking off the job. which, which is quite job, funny. Yeah. It wasn't Martin Tyler, I can't remember who it was, but it, yeah, it was quite funny. That was, that I was, was wondering funny. where Azpilicueta was for the whole debacle. Where, where was he? Yeah, well, I is think... He Spanish, he can... Yeah, they, well, they, they mentioned this, I think, in... Um, they mentioned this on the Sophie Football Show yesterday, and the point that someone said, which is quite fair, is Azpilicueta is one of the longest serving players in that Chelsea dressing room if not the longest serving and he's seen so many managers come in lose the dressing room that he's kind of realised now that when this happens and the tide goes against the manager it's best not to try and stem that flow of the tide and to actually just let it run its course so he's kind of stepped back from it but we will kind of return to that idea of um, captains being you know strong characters later with regard to Sergio Ramos but uh, there were a lot of jokes being made about Kepa being sold, never playing again, farmed off to Vitesse Arnhem, which is where Chelsea have a lot of players out on loan. Um, realistically, sure, surely they can't afford to do it. I mean, for one thing, he's he's a German stream, really, isn't he? With all the with his name, with all the headlines you can greatly lose, isn't he? What 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 do you think a Kepa is? What's a Kepa to you? Uh, well, we were saying last night. Uh, I think Ariza Balaga sounds more like a knockoff brand of shoes that you find on the beach at hol- on holiday. Uh, like a knockoff version of Balenciaga's, but I think that they should keep him. Uh, like we'll see tonight because they've got Spurs tonight. I think he probably will start. Sarri will probably just make a not a statement, but just be like, well, he's just in the he's just going to stay in the team, um, and we'll see how he does from there. I personally thought that he should have gone off on Sunday, um, and even like if he was injured, if he wasn't injured, sorry, I would have gone off anyway because Willy Caballero has the history of winning a cup final at Wembley for Manchester City where he knew at least two of the penalty takers I think mm. um, so he would know them quite well and I think Chelsea may have won the whole tie if he did go off um, but yeah I think Kepa will stay around here. yeah someone's also written down a Wi-Fi password yeah I've seen that one written on Twitter a couple of times that his name sounds a bit of a Wi-Fi password of all the mm. different letters going on there. I think it sounds like a holiday resort in itself. You know, we're going off yeah. to the, or the, a, the coast of Aretha Balaga. Yeah, or a bus stop in Bilbao, I think you said last night, didn't you? Did I? Yeah. Someone said that. I don't think I did say that. I can't <laughs> say that. Was it here? <coughs> it was somewhere like something like that, wasn't it? Yeah, metro. Metro stop, yeah. Yeah. The, the only problem with the Wi-Fi password being that is you'd spell it wrong, wouldn't you? 
Yeah, and there's no numbers in it, so it's not a very strong password. What numbers no, does, he, does he wear number one? Yeah, I think so. Right, so that, that isn't even, you know, when you want to, when you're on that password strength bar and you want to get it up into the green land, it's difficult without, you know, using a few, maybe exclamation mark, particularly yeah, after or, what he's done at the or room. underscore somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Underscore Rory Zabago one two three exclamation mark. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll be able to hack all your profiles now. Yeah. Thing is, you could try it, but Alison Becker probably wouldn't come off with it. Um, anyway, question from George Store. This is very much designed for Joe Davis, I feel. It's a simple question. Um, he asks, this was, he asked this very early, didn't he? Yeah, he asked yeah. it about 8 o'clock this morning. It's very strange. Offers a very, offers a very strange insight into the mind of George Store. George Store is um, a journalism student who competes in our five-a-side, six-a-side team and is a promising amateur boxer. Um, so look out for him on the scene in the, in the next few years. But he asks, um, would you rather be a brontosaurus with the mind of Lionel Richie or Lionel Richie with the mind of a brontosaurus? I don't know what a brontosaurus is. Do you? Uh, they're the diplodocus that are less famous, I think. Right. I think the only, <laughs> <laughs> the only football link to this, I think, is that it's easy like a Sunday morning. Perhaps. Perhaps. Right. I don't uh, understand that link. Because there's football on football Sunday. Sunday uh, yeah. What? Ba- and is that song by Lionel Richards? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I didn't. Yeah. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, fair enough. Happy? <laughs> yeah, just about. <laughs> I have nothing else to vamp over this other than well, what is the mind of a brontosaurus like? It's vegetarian, isn't it? Which would be problematic for myself. Right. So I might go. But you will be Lionel Richie. You know That's I mean? true. Yeah, you're yeah, probably not going to be eating meat either way, are you? Because if you've got the mind of a what is it, a brontosaurus, then you're not going to go for meat. Yeah. And if you if you are a brontosaurus, can't digest. You're probably not going to be able to digest yeah, it. So I can forget I, about. I meat. think I'll be the brontosaurus because that would be more. I impressive. think I think it's yeah. I think you. I'd about. be Lionel Richie. Really, but yeah. then you have the mind of a brontosaurus. You'd just be. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah but I've done that. Weird. Well, yeah, but I wouldn't care if you were around eating plants and stuff. <laughs> but it wouldn't matter to me, wouldn't it? <laughs> probably, yeah. So your life would be a misery. Well, no, because <laughs> because Pete, whilst I was being sectioned, I'd be fed still, and that's all a brontosaurus cares about. I mean, if you were a brontosaurus now, anyway, you'd you'd be sectioned in some way pretty fast, wouldn't you? They're not just going to let you. Yeah, but it'd be run. quite damaging for your future sales of, I don't know, your royalties and your <laughs> albums as Lionel Richie. Right, yeah, that's yeah. No, I wouldn't worry about my career too much anymore. Suppose he's quite old now, anyway, so it wouldn't matter that much. I don't think. I'm just thinking about being able to sing like him. That would be a key. That's the key thing that's that's in my mind. But I am going to go for the brontosaurus for the mind of Lionel Richie. What are you going for, Liz? Um, yeah, agreed. Yeah, Yeah. I I think I'd be Lionel Richie as well. Alright, okay. To be able to sing a bit, yeah. Right. Yeah, Joe Davis has got the Simon Cowell cast invert then. Yeah. Yeah, I um, want to be the brontosaurus. Yeah, you wouldn't be able to sing if you had the mind of a brontosaurus. Yeah, would you would. You just wouldn't make sense. <laughs> we've got three brontosauruses with the mind of Lionel Richie, and we've got two Lionel Richies with the mind of a brontosaurus. That's a fire alarm. I hope it's going to go off quite soon. It has, um, and I'm going to carry on. Unfazed by the whole thing. Hopefully, there isn't a fire. Cause, Done uh, very well, Andrew. If there is, maybe a brontosaurus has walked in the building. Maybe set it off yeah, with his big maybe. neck. Um, <laughs> that's yeah. fine, I think we're good and we're going to carry on, if there is a fire um, you know, this probably won't go out so you'll never hear it anyway um, there's another question 
which I'm not sure if we're going to go for now. We may as well. It's it's Alex Alton again, who is a regular contributor to our questions, and I almost feel this week that he's been slightly mischievous. I think he's tried to ask us. I think he's purposely asked us a difficult question. Yeah, I think he did. Shortly before the start of the show, I think he's done that intentionally, mm. knowing that we're too nice to not include his question, because we do have such a close bond with yeah. Mr. Alton. Who is Mr. Alton? He is the man that invented a really, really excellent theme park in Staffordshire. Um, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. which is little known fact. Uh, well, actually, good. Alex Alton's father, David Alton, created the Steam Veg Park. Wow. Yeah, yeah, that is, that is the reaction that, that I'm sure David Alton will live his legacy by. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, he's asked, construct, yeah, he's not even, he's not even said, could the panel, because he usually no. said, Construct the best five-a-side team you can, only using names from the New Testament. Oh, it's phrased like a, a New Testament a, an exam question. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's quite. So I've got absolutely no idea. What, what just first names? So David yeah, De Gea yeah. and Goal is fine. Yeah. Oh, that no, David's old Testament. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it might not. Peter Schmeichel and Goal. Yeah. Matthew Robson, centre back. Not the best. Not <laughs> the best we can do. What about Tim Flowers? Is there a Timothy in the New Testament? There is, yeah, yeah. And there's a Stephen as well. Right, yeah. Um, We'd have Michelle Bastos. Mm. I'm struggling. <sighs> I don't think we need to go for a full team. We can throw a few suggestions out there and then people... Mark John Van Basten. John Mark. People can come back to us with... Um, John Terry, yeah. Very nice. Yeah. We, can, <laughs> we can start the conversation. Are you again. trying to stop us doing it? Thomas Hitzel's book. I'm not, I'm not going to stop <laughs> Right, yeah. We'll let you, have we'll two, stop. We'll let you two, move on. Two Andrew. players there with incredible left foots that came up Bastos and Hitzelsberg. Yeah, and Thomas um, Delaney as well, who's quite. Right. Did we end up with Michelle Bastos out of all of the potential Michaels? Michael. That's oh, the one we went for. Yeah, and Matthew Robson. Yeah. Michael yeah. Owen's got to be in there. Michelle Patini. Yeah. <laughs> Lionel Messi is very, very good at football. And when I say very, very good at football, I mean like incredibly good at football. He scored his 50th hat trick at the weekend. 650 career goals now for Barcelona and Argentina, which clearly is a lot of goals. 25 La Liga goals this season already. 33 and 32 in all competitions. Uh, Suarez is second on 16 in the league. And he struggled at times this season, which kind of speaks its own story because Messi's assisted a lot of those goals. I was reading the BBC match report of their game against Sevilla at the weekend and I liked one line in it which just said all his goals were excellent <laughs> which just says pretty much all you need. All his goals were, were excellent. And then on the on the last line it just said and then he clipped a ball through for Suarez to get a goal at the end so he assisted that too. It sounded like it was very much a one man show. Uh, I was talking to Barney Stevenson yesterday about this makes it sound like you're not here but um, I was talking to Barney yesterday about this and I was kind of making the argument that I genuinely do believe that he is underrated by the footballing world now I just think people don't fully appreciate him which obviously the numbers come out but I don't think the numbers do him justice I think he's such a remarkable player that it, it, you can't really quantify him just by numbers you have to actually watch him and then I was also talking about how I my greatest kind of ambition in football is, is to watch him play live, which I believe you've done. I believe Lewis Steele's also had the yeah. had the pleasure of doing that. Um and the other thing I thought was that in the whole Messi Ronaldo thing, which is never realistically gonna go away, I think we talk about Ronaldo more at times because we can maybe relate to him because his success can be attributed to hard work. You know, you can see the way he came to Man United, he was a skinny kid, he 
saw that he needed to bulk up, so he bulked up, got really strong. Then he saw that he wasn't that good in the air, made himself really good in the air, like we've, we've talked about before, I think, it, on this show. Um, I kind of think we just, we, we can't relate to Messi because he is a, such like a, an otherworldly being in terms of how good he is at football. Um, Joe, do you, do you think I'm chatting absolute nonsense here? I do, <laughs> do yeah. Do you, do you, <laughs> what do you, think, do you think? Do you think we do appreciate how good he is? I think he's fairly well-roundedly applauded. By the football community, I've seen him live as well. Oh, yeah, he scored sorry. a hat trick against Osasuna at right. New Camp, and it sort of felt like nothing. Yeah, but you expect that's that. Kind of, yeah, I think yeah, that's kind of what I'm maybe I expressed it quite a bad. It was kind of what I'm getting. Catherine, have you seen him play? I haven't. No, I thought I was the only one then. I hadn't seen him play. Of course, it was quite rare, but yeah, <laughs> quite I'm very jealous, very very jealous. Barney, Lionel Messi, good at footy. Yeah, he is quite good, and um, I agree with you that he is underrated I think what we were saying well what I said to you last night I think he is um, the technically the greatest sportsman of all time um, I think that no one really even gets close to being just as technically good at football as Messi is I think the Ronaldo thing as you were saying it's interesting because people I think people um, often feel a sort of a bit of a connection to Ronaldo in that idea of he sort of presents an ideal of an aspirational philosophy that I think people respect a lot. And I think um, as well, obviously, the thing that's held Messi back is the World Cup, Copa America thing, the lack of success with Argentina. Um but I think if you sort of take away any, any, even though Messi has achieved so much in the game, if you take away achievements and just look at how good a footballer Messi is when he's playing on the pitch, I think he is far, far better than anyone we've seen. He's very good. He is very good, isn't he? Uh, Catherine, what do you think about the, the Argentinian wizard? Yeah, I think I do agree in that sense because I think Messi kind of reminds me of that kid at school that was just naturally clever and didn't have to work hard. I'm not saying that Messi never like trained hard to get as good as he was, but Ronaldo's kind of that kid that was also clever but had to work really hard to get a good grades, which is kind of like uh, how I felt in school, like I wasn't naturally clever but I had to work hard to um, try and do well. Which I think, yeah, so <laughs> <laughs> me and Ronaldo are very Hold similar in that, in that sense, um, whereas Messi was kind of the kid that just like could do you know maths equations just because he was born like that good almost I think we kind of don't appreciate that um, he's kind of got that natural ta- I'm not saying Ronaldo's not naturally talented as well but you kind of feel like for Messi he can just kind of do anything because he's just been born like that mm. good yeah Lewis who do you think the Messi of this room is if Catherine's the Ronaldo who's the Messi um yeah I like Messi a lot so I like to live live up to something similar in, in a different field to Messi, but it's not yeah. going to happen. I didn't get very good grades at school, so I don't know if... Oh, we are really about school. I, I don't really know, Catherine. Yeah, I just made that analogy. <laughs> 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 uh, if it's school, then... Maybe he can write with his feet, though. Can he do a hundred words shorthand with his feet? <laughs> yeah. Do you think? He can, he can open the proverbial can of beans with his foot. Mm. No doubt. Well, I think he's quite weird, like, as a human being. Messi? Yeah, yeah. Why? Just as I'd, I'd like to be a fly on the wall in his family life and just see what's going on there. 
Um, but yeah, I agree that he's underrated, actually. Yeah. I think he'd be quite a nice guy. He seems all right. A nice guy, yeah. No, I'm not saying that he's I, I, a I think the, the impression the world is generally on is that Messi's like sounder than Ronaldo. Yeah, I agree with that. But I think he's probably not the most exciting of personalities as well, Messi, I think. But, but I mean, I don't think it's that difficult also, to be sounder than Ronaldo, really. <laughs> I also kind of think if you're doing stuff that's clearly that mad on the pitch, there's got to be some cool stuff going on in his head. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like if he's, when he's dancing past people and they're falling over, he must be, yeah. He's got to be thinking about some stuff, hasn't he? I wonder what he does think about. I wonder what his morning routine is. I don't think he has one. No. I reckon he just, he's so, he's just like, I, I just do what I want here, you know. Would have been interesting if he decided to play for Spain and he'd won multiple World Cups and Euros, then there would be no argument that he's the best player ever. Yeah, or that, is, he could have, that is a good point. He could have opted. And they would, they would have probably. Well, they would have still won it and probably won even more. There's part of me that suspects that he does regret that as well. You know. Yeah. Given that he's kind of they, um, half retired, that was the, that was the criticism of that Spain team, wasn't it? They just <laughs> like a, well, they just they, they played the false nine with like. Fabregas, Fabregas, David Silva. Yeah. If they had Messi in there, they would have. Well, they did win, but like the treble, basically. Stopping yeah. being compared to Maradona so much as well. Mm. Yeah. I yeah. wouldn't mind to see him. I wouldn't mind seeing him live again. Actually, I've seen. Oh him yeah. Three times. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't pass up that opportunity. <laughs> no, but I've seen him only against Man City, and obviously I support City, so I have a vested interest there. Uh, so the first time was a bit surreal. I just watched Messi for ninety minutes, and yeah. then the second time. Maybe the same, and then the third time I was like, "Hey, up, we can beat uh, Barcelona!" In it. So I didn't appreciate the fact that I was in the same building as Lionel Messi. Was that the three-one game? Yeah, well, so you I, the that's, that's the one that I went to I as well. Yeah, that wasn't a good atmosphere. It was a very good game. Yeah, I was slightly disappointed. I think Messi scored, didn't he? But I sort of wanted to see a Messi hat trick. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I wouldn't mind going to watch him at the new camp, like Jay Harris yeah, has done. Yeah. Someone's asked me to do that. I think, Joe, I think Joe's won on the Met on the watching Messi live thing. <laughs> I was hoping he'd sign for an English club one day when yeah. Hull were in the Premier League. I was hoping Pep would bring him to Man City mm. yeah, and he'd come because we played Man City on Boxing Day once at, in Hull yeah, and I'd loved that, yeah. I'd loved Messi in Hull on Boxing Day. Yeah, I didn't go to that. No. That was a fun I, always, I always remember the early stages of the the Benkies takeover of Blackburn, and they almost signed Ronaldinho Beckham and Lewandowski. That would have been super. Yeah. That's one of the big. That's the second biggest regret. Yeah, the, 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 the story about how Messi could have gone on loan to Scotland, apparently to Rangers. Um, yeah, when Alex yeah. McLeish was there, because his son his son told him, "Oh, there's a really good player on Football Manager or something. You have to sign him." And he told him to the line, you know. What nonsense are you talking about? Mm. I, I thought it was messy. I had him on Football Manager 2006 at uh, Barcelona. They had a star studded squad, they really did. His name was Leo on the thing. Yeah, I had him on Pez 4, maybe. Because you could play him in Barcelona C team. I was yeah. very. You, I wanted to win everything with my Barcelona side. They were all conquering in every sense. So I, I gave Messi quite a lot of games in Barcelona C team because I wanted to get them promoted so that they could all be. I don't think they could get to La Liga, but I wanted them to be in the. In the Segunda division, so I played uh, played Messi. Uh, I think you could also do a couple of games where you could play three players that were over twenty three. So I might may or may not have given Ronaldinho uh, a game mm. in there as well <laughs> once or twice. But yeah, they were a very good. Did side. Messi have long hair then as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. like quite long hair. I prefer it short. Yeah, it, looks I, a bit I, I agree. it was oh, quite uh, mm. unfortunate looking. 
teenager really yeah. wasn't he yeah. 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 he was decent like wasn't he really wasn't bad mm. Mm. Yeah. he's still quite good now as well um, good on him anyway Jack Perry has asked us a question he's very good at sending in questions when he doesn't appear he's disappeared somewhere he's gone touring off to we've got Milan and Frankfurt written down I think it's Milan he's, been, he's definitely to been to Frankfurt recently uh, low, but, yeah. but I think it might be Milan as well well that's what I feel like that's what people are saying, but I've not actually heard any concrete mm. evidence. Very interesting. Mm. Perhaps one of the most interesting people that I've ever met. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah. yeah, I think. Yeah, I'm also. Like, what's he doing? Very now? interesting. What's he thinking about now? I think he's probably sat somewhere, possibly by himself. I reckon he might be getting having his haircut. Breakfast. Yeah. I think he might show. be having a coffee whilst having his haircut. Gets his haircut like every two weeks, I think. At least, in it. He's always got like quite a, you know. Like I think he could be having a glass of wine. Really? In, in, the, in the sun in Milan. Yeah. Yeah. A bit like you know, like a gangster movie sort of yeah. vibe to it. Yeah. Yeah. Listen to some Italian drill music. <laughs> <laughs> mm, yeah, man. Has he gone training? Has he gone to? Yeah, the well, that's, that's what he's saying. That's what he's saying. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Mm, he just gets funded holidays. Mm. Mm. Suspicious times, but Jack Perry, nevertheless, has asked quite a good question. He says. Kazuyoshi Miura turned 52 today and is still playing professionally in Japan. What's the panel's favourite performance forward slash spell from an elderly player? Lewis, I haven't spoken to you much during this. No, so. no, I've been quite uh, cool, calm and collected. Um, I've been on the periphery. I quite been like, marginalised. quite like Ben Shepard and Gordon Ramsay playing in Soccer Aid. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably my best contribution I can give to this. Um, ben Shepard sort of plays the holding role um, in Soccer Aid. He plays it quite well, actually. He's not that old. How old is he? Would you say he's 40? Ben Shepard, I don't know. 40, yeah, yeah um, I really enjoy the way he trots around the midfield, um, spraying passes left and right. Um, he reminds me of uh, Steven Gerrard in his, uh, in his uh, later days of Liverpool. Uh, so I quite like him. And then also does the Egypt goalkeeper who's 45 in the World Cup. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, he was. That was a. That was a good story. But apart from that, I can't really think of that many old, that good old players. I'm sure there's a few goalkeepers <coughs> knocking around. But um, Catherine, this feels like the kind of the the part of the show where you're probably trying to introduce some uh, Hull City propaganda. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it's inevitable. Mm-hmm. So I want to be the first person to mention Hull in this, and probably haven't managed it. It's probably slipped in somewhere else. But um, go on. <laughs> <laughs> well. Um, I know Bali mentioned one earlier, but during the 2008 promotion season, it wasn't really a, a great patch for us, but we did sign JJ Okocha, and he made a few kind of odd sub-appearances, but every time he got the ball, he was just kind of, you could tell he, he had been a great player. It was kind of weird watching him, like we had JJ Okocha in the championship playing for Hull City. It was quite a, a surreal feeling. Um, Brad Friedel was around for quite a while and was still quite good. It, it, Goalkeepers tend to go on for quite a long time. Um, I think I think I read somewhere that Egypt goalkeeper, someone, one of the other Egypt players, went out with his daughter or something. Nice, nice. I think it's something like that. Um, I'm sure I'm sure I read something like that as well. Um, Perlo, I don't know how old he was when he was when he dominated England in the. He didn't uh, start getting Cup. appreciated till but he was a bit older. All did he? of a sudden, yeah. I think I remember thinking in that it was it 2012 when we lost to Italy. Yeah, yeah. I remember going into that game thinking we were going to win quite easily not really appreciating Perlo as a player and then all of a sudden he just dominated that game and was 
I, I kind of thought he was really old at the time. Mm. Um, turns out he was still quite he good. He was quite old though, I think, wasn't yeah. he? I think he was about 32. Like, yeah. Well, Buffon's 41, isn't he? And he's still knocking about a PSG. Yeah, Italians do like yeah. an older yeah. man. He's like understudy. Or, mm. I don't know, actually, but is Donnarumma the number one for Italy now? He's still a teenager. I think he probably is. Sure, he is it? old enough to be Buffon. You know three Donnarumma brothers. Yeah, I know there's two. I didn't know there's three. Mm. One's a one's an, a striker, mm, I think. Yeah, yeah, it's meant to be quite good as well. Mm. But yeah, um, Barney, have you got any oldies? Dean Windass, which I thought was what Catherine was going to mention there, um, had an incredibly good season in that same season. The Cotter was there. Mm. Um, fired all City to the Premier League. At the age of 38 I think Um, and again the one that you mentioned earlier Miz was Roger Miller and I think that is possibly the winner really his performances at the 1990 World Cup and then I think he was 38 or in his late 30s at the 1990 World Cup and then he went to the 1994 World Cup as well and scored there as well I believe so I think he's probably the best example of um, a player enjoying a better spell during his later career than in the conventional prime of his career Mm. Joe, you got any oldies to offer? Uh, Gary McAllister signed nice. for Liverpool 2001 at 35 years of age. Certainly did. Uh, won, did won, you win the FA Cup? We won the treble. The treble? Yeah. Without the league? Not the real treble. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the Worthington Cup, the uh, UEFA Cup, and. <laughs> FA Cup. Oh, yeah, FA Cup, yeah. yeah. No. Quad? No, we didn't win the Community Shield. The Community Shield was a lie. <laughs> um, but it was it was a trouble yeah. Um, yeah Gary McAllister scored against Everton as well with a really long range free kick he scored a few free kicks mm-hmm. yeah. he scored against Barcelona um, yeah he scored against Barcelona in the new Camp good Pretty lad cup. yeah he was a good lad and he's um, Stephen Gerrard's assistant at Rangers as well mm-hmm. which is interesting because Gerrard was a young midfield central midfield partner for McAllister and now mm-hmm. he's helping him which mm-hmm. is a strange one um yeah, the one that just popped into my head was uh, Socrates. Socrates came back <laughs> in 2004. This is from his uh, from his Wikipedia page. In 2004, more than a decade after retiring, a 50-year-old Socrates agreed to a one-month player coaching deal with Garforth Town of the Northern Counties East Football League in England. He made his only appearance for the club on 20th of November against Tadcaster Albion, coming on as a substitute 12 minutes from time. I seem to remember a, an image of him being a very, a very large <laughs> being on the pitch. Um, he had a reputation for kind of being a bit of a boozer and a smoker anyway, so you can only imagine how that goes um, a decade after his hiring. Um, yeah, but that's a nice little heartwarming story. Jack Perry, thank you very much for that. Um, his haircut's probably reaching a, yeah. reaching a close now, isn't it? I like that idea of Socrates, didn't know about that. Yeah, I remember it. Yeah, it's, it's nice. It was well, the man. Oh yeah, that's, that's quite sure. yeah, 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 I remember that. Bond. Do you remember when the Chapa Coenze thing happened? A lot of people were saying all these like Ronaldinho and Ronaldo are gonna sign up like for the Chapa. Of Wasn't there an idea of like loads of youth players being like that, not donating, but kind of like yeah, we'll yeah. loan you him for didn't, months? Wasn't there a bit of that though? I think I didn't. Yeah, was there something like each team donated a player? Or yeah, have I made lost, that? They lost like the whole squad. That happened for the. 
Gran Torino team, didn't it? I think. Every t- after the super crash in the forties, every single yeah, Serie A team yeah. donated a player. Italia. Certainly a bit of that. Maybe mm-hmm. John Story though in the John Foot. John Foot, yeah. yeah. In the Calcio. Sergio Ramos has been fined for getting a deliberate booking in the Champions League tie against Ajax. Real Madrid were 2-1 up at the Amsterdam Arena when Ramos provoked um, a yellow card with a pretty blatant 90th minute foul. Um, the thinking behind it being that they'd be comfortable winning the second leg back at the Bernabeu so they didn't need him. So he'd get his ban for that one game and then be fresh for the next round. Um, he's subsequently been fined for doing this as I said this also happened in a similar case last week when UEFA imposed a two game Europa League ban on Sevilla midfielder Jeffrey Kondogbia um, so this is fairly standard procedure now um, but it's not the first time this has happened at Madrid this happened back with Jose Mourinho as manager with Xabi Alonso and Sergio Ramos um, doing this back in 2013 Mourinho was handed a two-game ban that time and fined £35,000 on that occasion, and both players were found £18,000 each. This kind of opens a whole range of questions, really. Um, my thoughts on it are that Sergio Ramos obviously got this discipline. I don't know if we call it an issue, because it obviously seems so central to the way that he plays. Maybe he wouldn't be that good if he wasn't playing so close to the edge. But I kind of feel that as captain of a team it becomes a lot less acceptable to be doing this um, you know he's supposed to be the kind of model leading professional of that side also kind of links into the things that we saw at the Carabao Cup final with Aspilicueta. he was criticised for not being a particularly strong leader I guess what I was, was wanting to ask Joe is do you think this is deplorable practice as a captain well as captain of our five side team and a regular fowler, I think <laughs> uh, I think it's perfectly acceptable, to be honest. Uh, Ramos has the most cards in Real Madrid's history, in La Liga's history, and in the Champions League's history. I think like which is impressive, pr- if nothing else. I think else. he's probably quite proud of it himself. Yeah, considering he partnered probably one of the most horrible centre-backs ever in Pepe. <laughs> yeah. That's quite a stat. It is. So, yeah. Yeah, Barney... Um, I imagine you're not particularly into this either. Uh, no, I, I do like it a lot actually. It's um, it's one of it's one of my favourite parts of the game when players do this. No, it's not my favourite, but I like it. I remember when David Beckham did it against Wales, um, I think in two thousand and five. Mm. I think it's a good idea, and I would hope that any if Hull City were ever in a similar position which we're probably not going to be in a Champions <laughs> yeah, League second round game anytime suppose, soon but what happens to your side but, then you kind of take a different I mean if I was manager of a side I'd certainly be telling my players to do it and I mean these I don't know the amount of money that UEFA find Ramos but I'm sure it makes absolutely no difference to him or Real Madrid so yeah. I personally think it's uh, an obvious decision to uh, take the booking yeah, I, I kind of also hope um, that they get into trouble in the second leg and they get a penalty and he's not there to take it because he has been taking penalties mm. for them and then they miss it and they go crashing out the yeah, well, I'd quite like that as well because I don't like Ramos mm. but I do think that it yeah. makes sense to I, I deploy the I tactics. know that there are a lot I mean a lot of Liverpool fans who want us to get Real Madrid they want us to beat Bayern Munich and they want us to get Real Madrid in the next round of the Champions League 
purely to put one over Sergio Ramos. He's not a popular man on Merseyside. He's not massively popular generally. Uh, Lewis, this kind of incident had happened previously with a certain Kevin De Bruyne, has it not? Uh, It did last season, actually. Um, I can't remember the exact game, but um, when I used to work for a a Manchester City website, which I won't name, we got a bit of information from his girlfriend at the top. Well, still his girlfriend. She's a bit older than him, isn't she? Yeah, yeah. Might, may or may not have been looking her up in a seminar before. Well, yeah, probably to go off on a slight tangent, he did used to go out with a girl who's now married to Thibaut Courtois. I wanted to ask about that. Yeah, yeah so. But tell, anyway, he's sort of upgraded. You know. Right, uh, he's upgraded, hasn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. I, I would say so, anyway. Good for Kevin. So, anyway, uh, Michelle, I think her name is. Michelle. Obama. No, not Obama. Although she has got a book that's out, which I <laughs> might delve into in the not too distant future. It's not Michelle. I can't Michelle? remember what it is. Uh, Kevin De Bruyne. Uh, yes, Obama. I've, the um, the I've former read, first lady. Read one of Barack Obama's early books. I highly recommend. Yeah, I've got that as well. Um, is it a James blue Dream, cover. No, it's Dreams from My Father, which is. Yeah, yeah. I've got that. Yeah. It's right. <laughs> <laughs> the second one. It talks about all his time working as a, a community leader in Chicago and his law degree and all that. Yeah, kind of I've got it, but I've never really delved into it that I'd much. I highly recommend it. Um, hey. Barack Obama is fantastic. Hey, I would well, love yeah. to have him on this podcast. Yeah, Barack. Or Michelle, for that matter. Yeah. Yeah. Any any Obama or Joe Biden? Joe Biden as well. Yeah. Anyway, um, as I was saying, uh, we got wind that Kevin De Bruyne was going to take a yellow to, so he'd missed the final group game, which we were basically didn't matter. We topped the group if we lost that game anyway. Um, so he was going to take a yellow. Um, so then what we did after we heard that was not tweet about it. We went to the, everyone that got the news went to the bookies and put some money on De Bruyne to get booked at about two or three to one. Mm. And it got to about the 75th minute and he hadn't been booked and it was a sort of the time where we had a big game at the weekend we were thinking, is Pep going to take him off? But it was almost like Pep dropped him back and he did get his yellow. And in the break in play from having the yellow, he came immediately. I think Phil Foden just came on. So yeah, it was quite funny actually. And I'm all for that sort of skullduggery behaviour. Fair enough. I think um, very immoral people generally, aren't mm. we? But it does beg an interesting question of where is the moral line in football? Like, it's it's kind of the same with some of the big talking points in football. Like diving is is such a like moral thing. I mean, you've already said that you quite like diving, so you're consistent in that sense. But should you always follow what your manager says, Barney, or are there situations where you do turn back on the line? This links directly back to what we started at the top of the podcast. But depends who your manager is, doesn't it? I does think. it? Well, I mean, I guess if if you want sort of good team cohesion, um, then yes, you have to always follow what your manager says. But, I mean, if your manager is a very stupid person, then, and, I, I mean, the, like, the sort of, the times I think of as, like, when um, Chelsea, there's a few examples at Chelsea and Liverpool, when, like, players like Gerrard and Carragher, and Terry and Lampard, I think, have probably both um, maybe thought to maybe are more powerful than the manager. Like, I remember when Hodgson was at Liverpool, I think Gerard and Carragher were maybe slightly more powerful in the dressing room than he was, and equally when Vilash Boas was at Chelsea. Yeah. Um, so, I think there are times when. Well, I mean, I guess it. I guess it's the manager's job to get those carrots on side, isn't it? So, yeah, yeah. So no, but as a rule, I guess no. You've got to obey your manager. 
do that for a bit eventually. Bit, bit of morals there from you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I went in circles there a bit, didn't I? But I think that's what I've concluded. Okay, cool. Uh, we've got a question from Isaac Johnson. I don't know who Isaac Johnson is, no, it's you. I know him quite well. Do you? Yeah, he's a good friend of mine. Is he? Good luck. He's alright, he's a Forest fan actually. Is he? And they had a very good win with the Frank Lampard's Derby County. Scored in the second minute, uh, Ben Wabe. Yeah, good player. Um, was it Leicester, wasn't it? Yes, he was. Has he got Premier League medal? I presume so. Has he? I presume so. I switched the game on after that goal, but it was a. It didn't. The Algerian? Yeah, I'd probably say so, yeah. Or is he Tunisian? Oh. Now then, um, why are you saying Algerian because of Riyad Mahrez? Uh, I could go. Riyad Algerian. Have I made that up? No, Mahrez is Algerian. Well, it says on his wiki that he grew up in France, but he was. Johan Benoulou. Born in Tunisia. I think we might have talked ourselves into a name in the podcast out of um, Benoulou. Ah, yeah. That's good. Which we don't normally think well, of. Well, his name is though. actually Johan Ben. Alouane, so his middle name is Ben, like which means son ben of... Ben Alouane? Yeah, so you know like Osama Bin Laden, his name is Osama Laden, but the Bin means that he's Osama, the son of Laden. Yeah. So yeah. Johan is Johan Alouane, like but the Ben means that he's son of someone Alouane. So, so say, is his example, dad Dave, potentially called... Alouane. Right, but then what will his last name be? I was very worried when you went straight from Johan Benno Alouane to Osama yeah. Bin Laden, but I think it was okay. Yeah, I think we can just about. Okay. It was just about the yeah. name, yeah. 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 It's just a high profile. And he is the most high profile bin, probably. Um. Yeah. yeah. Of all time. <laughs> Top bins. <laughs> <laughs> the most <laughs> what about the recycling can outside? Yeah, I was thinking that. that the the one outside yeah, is it was very yeah. high profile, though, is it? I mean, I don't even know the one that you're referring to outside. Yeah. Dustbin is probably a pretty. Well, we had one in primary school that had a face on it, and it was made to like prevent litter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, Forest had a good win on Monday and they are in with an outside chance of the playoffs now. Frank, Lamp- Frank Lampard's Derby County are how... Well, yeah, they're not really anymore. Does Isaac Jones have a nickname? Is he a Jono? Nope. He's okay. just an Isaac or an I. Or okay. an Icky. Alright then, I. Um, thank you for your question. It is, Oli Gunnar Solskjaer has enjoyed an impressive turnaround at Manchester United, but I wonder if the impact of Mike Phelan returning is being overlooked somewhat. Who do you think are potentially some of those underrated or underappreciated number twos of all time? We've already covered underappreciation or tried to. Um, Messi, not a number two, but still underappreciated. Joe, have you got any number twos up your sleeve? It sounds a bit much. It does a little bit, yeah. Pretty much anyone at United under Fergie, he was quite famous for mixing them up every two or three years. But Queros, Steve McLaren. Feeling the first time. Yeah. Yeah, any of those? Yeah. Probably Feel. Carrot currently. No one yeah. talks about him. This is Who true. is number two I think currently? Officially, officially ah, he says a little posse, doesn't he? Like, I don't think there's much yeah. to do. <laughs> it's a bit like Pep has two number two, so technically they're threes, aren't they? But um, fourth? Yeah, maybe. But yeah, I like um, I like uh, Feeling, actually, I think. You're feeling, you're feeling, feeling? I'm feeling, feeling, yeah. I, uh, when all the subs happened, then he had to 
you know, that ultra system on Sunday. I'm doing a lot of hand movements here, listener. Yeah. You know, like you see Pep do on the on the sideline. But you yeah, do more um, hand movements. Yeah, no, maybe we should do a video podcast one week. But yeah. anyway, uh, would that be a, more of a video cast? I don't know, screencast. A vlog. Uh, yeah. A vlog, yeah. Uh, yeah, I there was some sort of tweet that sort of said that the team are obviously the choir. Um, Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer is the conductor, but Mike Phelan writes. Is that his name, Mike? Yeah, it is. Mike Phelan writes the songs. Composer. He's the composer. Um, So he does all the tinkering with the tactics and Ollie just gives the shouts. So they they were basically saying Phelan is the master tactician there. But yeah, uh, number two is, I suppose, Jose Mourinho under Bobby Robson at Barca was the translator and he ended up, because Bobby didn't speak that that good Spanish... um, He took him with him, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, um, Mourinho was giving out tactics and changing them to some extent to what he thought was better. Uh, Pep had a good one in Tito Villanova, who took over and did a good job there. Um, Steve Holland at England, who's been linked with the Chelsea job this week. He um, he was very big in the, in the tactics. In the, yeah, he, he was there under multiple I think, he was, I think he was there in, a, in an alternative football manager 2006 season I had with Chelsea. Uh, during which I signed Wayne Rooney. Yeah, well, he was rumoured to be going to Chelsea he was for quite very, a time. Very, very good on Football Manager 2006. Very good indeed. I think I part exchanged Didier Drogba. Was Drogba even there at the time? He was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Part exchanged Didier Drogba and William Gallas and paid a silly amount of money as well. But it was, it was well worth it because he was very, very good. Mm. Um, won the Community Shield against Man United, and then we were off to a flyer. And, yeah, really did very well. I think he scored 32 and 31, similar to Messi. Interesting. Um, got himself a few suspensions. You know what he's like. Half of the cast, isn't it? Yeah, but he was very good, very promising. Wayne Rooney, good lad. Um, yeah, I can't think of any other number two, really. Todd Grip. Yeah, he, he always comes up, doesn't he? Yeah. Because he's fans. Yeah, yeah. that's just a good name. But he's it? like, he's foreign, isn't he? Swedish, I Yeah, because I always thought Todd Grip sounds like English. Yeah, Todd, it sounds like a Todd fake... Grip. English name, yeah, like, <laughs> like a wrestler's name, a dodgy wrestler from Swindon. What's his name? Todd Grip, yeah, mm. Todd. Yeah. Todd, Todd, yeah. yeah. Sounds like yeah. Um, I Todd don't know, maybe, maybe a cabinet that you get from IKEA. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. Billy Bookcase and the Todd Grip, yeah, yeah, very good. Um, that pretty much brings us to a close. It's Barney Stevenson's birthday on Friday, mm. um, in a couple of days. So next time you hear from him, he will be twenty-four older. years of age. <laughs> yeah, I know. Which. Um, is you probably do a big move, aren't you? Because you've done a few, you know, done a few years in the kind of. Yeah, I'm looking for my big move, really. My, yeah. my career this, defining this probably, move. Yeah, yeah. What there's 24. That I've, I've, one that always comes to my mind is Kurt Zuma. He's 24. What, and he always comes to your mind for what, 24. 24? I've got a mate who's a couple of years older than us, Matt Breyer. Um, and we always say that Kurt Zuma is younger than Matt Breyer, which is very funny when you look at Kurt Zuma. And then look at Matt Brown. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of good 24-year-old footballers. It's a good age to be a footballer, I think, isn't it? You're entering well, I've got a bit the time. prime of your football. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it is. You're no Joe. longer a youngster. Yeah, Joe Davis, thank you very much for your Th- return. Thank it's you. Been a pleasure. Um, what are you up for the rest of the day? A gym. Then we got Barney's party. Mm-hmm. Barney's having a party. Barney's having a party for his own birthday. Although I don't really know. If I am anymore, I don't, I don't know what the plan is. Mm. Barney's confused. Listener. If you've got mm. any suggestions for Barney, just to kind of help him generally. Birthday um, wishes as well, as always. Uh, well, welcome, yeah. 
some people are actually saying that in terms of this week, it represents quite a good representation of, of his whole life, and that he's reached the middle of this week, and he doesn't necessarily... The week's gone well. He's juggled various parts over the, the start of this week. He's socialised well. He's been working well. He's been in various locations. But he's reached a point now where he's not entirely sure what his next move is. Mm. Um, it's been a weird week like that, hasn't it? It has, yeah. It's quite a disconcert. We sort of said we're not busy enough this week, and it's a bit worrying that we, we should be doing something, but we don't know what. Yeah, so if you've got any suggestions on what we can do for the rest of the day, listener, um, well, this might not be up by the time for you <laughs> to suggest them, but suggest them retrospectively. Yeah, be fine. What we could have done. Yeah, but regardless, we'll be enjoying the sunshine, won't we, Barney? And happy, happy birthday, Barney. We will. Thank you very much, Andrew. Uh, thank you, Lewis. Thank you, uh, Andrew. Have you had a nice time? I've enjoyed it quite a lot, actually, this week. Yeah, it's yeah. Been, been enjoyable. Quite I think we've grown into it this week a little yeah. bit. Yeah, feel it's become very <coughs> relaxed, hasn't it? By the end of it. Thank you very much, listener. Um, if you do enjoy this, please do give us a review, a like, subscribe to us on iTunes, interact with us on Twitter. We do like that. Engage with us, talk to us, be our friend. Thank you very much. What are you going to tea tonight, Andrew? Uh, probably do something quick and simple. Maybe eat outside somewhere. Nice. Um, depends what Barney wants to do. Um, I think what, I'm going to be going back. To what do you associate Davids. with like warm weather food generally? Warm-up food, um, pasta. Yeah. <laughs>